What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Dream Chasing 101 podcast. Today, we have a guest who's new to Johannesburg, but we'll leave that for a bit later. But I'll leave it up to Frances to give us a bit of background as to who she is and what she does. Hey, first off, it's really exciting to, to be here with you. Um, I am, well, currently, I'm the marketing manager at the Radisson Hotel and Convention Center in Johannesburg, OR Tambo. Um, but it's a bit of a crazy story how I got here. I mean, if you just, if you'd asked me the same thing a few months ago, I would have said that I am a full-time musician. <laughs> and if you asked me a little bit earlier, um, I would have said like one of a hundred different things. So i um, very excited obviously to be in Johannesburg and pretty crazy like where I am right now. I'm still pinching myself a bit and adjusting thing um so i'm excited that i get to unpack it a little bit with you yeah i think it's interesting i mean i've reconnected on linkedin so just reading through you know your past work and what you've done and i was also not necessarily shocked but it's kind of a nice journey the way you you know have moved through the space and find yourself now at the radisson but before we talk about all of that um there's a question we always ask on the podcast and it's when you were in your teenage years, what was your core or like your main dream and what you envisioned yourself being in the future? And if you can mention how close you are from that and or how far you are from it right now. So I actually started off, the first thing I ever wanted to be was a singer. <laughs> um, I always wanted to be a singer. Um, and then when I was in, um, when I was, when I was a teenager, uh, for some reason, I decided that I wanted to be a screenwriter. I wanted to write movies. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't actually say I'm that far from that because I, that's what led me to go and study it after. And it was through that that then I went into music and then I've like come full circle. And now rather than being a screenwriter, a lot of my job is copywriting. So there's still words there. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess, you know, like you mentioned, it's it's all kind of tied together and it's all played its role into where you are right now. But what was that defining moment where you moved away from, you know, that screenwriting thought and moved into the PR marketing copywriting space? I had my first performance and it's so strange how music is really what got me into marketing and PR. I... I started writing songs and then I needed to, I needed to find places to perform. And that just kicked me into like a business mode where I was calling places. I was sending info to newspapers, trying to arrange articles. Um, and it was really exciting. It ended up being that um, all of these barriers just broke down when I realized if I want to perform there, I can. I just need to have the confidence to call this person. If I want to tour to the UK, I can. I just need to call and message all these people um, and make the connections. And while I was now working on my music career, I was actually gaining all of these skills that have just translated so well into, into my current job and have built all of these connections and also the brilliant thing is that it, they all came along with these experiences and memories that I'm going to hold on to forever. 
Yeah, it's it's funny how, you know, life has that way of just working itself out and there's a place in time for every single thing. And, you know, you in your, you know, quite early on in your career, you were still quite attached to the music industry. And, you know, you did quite a few different things at basically the same time. And how was it, you know, juggling the, the being a freelance radio presenter and doing all of that and seeing all these people in the industry? How did that kind of inspire you to, you know, further your journey into the PR? Because you, you didn't, you kind of went more this way towards marketing PR instead of more into the actual music industry. Yes. So how did that all tie together, so you know, true. talking with all these um, well-established people? Because, you know, that's where you kind of gain that confidence and, you know, uh, maybe gain a bit of a bigger picture vision, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. So um, <laughs> I, I, I get exactly what you mean. It was it was crazy. So the one thing about me is that I just never do one thing at a time. If you give me two options, I'm going to pick three options. <laughs> um, I like to be busy. I like to multitask. And even when they seem unrelated, they always are the one is feeding the other. So when I joined the radio station, um, it ended up becoming this beautiful show where I was just interviewing local artists. So it really was pulling in all of the all of the music. Um, and it was obviously helping me to understand if I want to submit my music to radios, how should I do it? Um, so there were so many elements. Um, what really pushed me to the PR and the marketing was that I ended up doing a lot of it for a lot of local artists and I wasn't even aware of it. So I would reach out and find artists who I was obsessed with because I've always loved local music. We have the best music. And I would contact them and I would say, listen, what radio stations are you on? Here's mine. And then whenever I would see people, I'd be constantly sharing contacts with them and connections. Sort of, oh, well, I was just in this newspaper. Here's this newspaper's contact. This is a lovely reporter. And I honestly did not realize that if I'd taken a step back, I would have looked at it and been like, oh, this is all PR. I honestly thought, I thought I was just making friends and it was just so exciting. And I really enjoyed connecting with the community as well through, through radio. And there were some crazy opportunities that came from that. I remember um, interviewing um, Claire Johnston from Mango Groove and also having to like pinch myself um, and, and James Morrison from, from the UK before he came on tour. It was some crazy events. <laughs> And it's it's strange, right? Because I'm also in the media space and I'm in like an avid golfer where I was looking at pursuing golf professionally. And now that I'm working these professional events and I'm seeing the players that everyone sees on TV, you know, you chat to them and, you know, once you converse with people of that profile on a regular basis, you kind of lose that, um, not necessarily that nervousness or you just become more calm and more confident in yourself. So how did that help you assert your, you know, like you build character. So how did that help you um, assert your character? And also in this industry, you have to be very bold in everything that you do. So how did that all help you 
build character and build your your confidence? Well, there is nothing more scary than getting on a stage and having to perform for people. <laughs> that set me up right away. Um, right when I was in school, I, I used to always be part of the theater programs and it used to scare me to death to get up and do like an, an oral or something. But I used to always have this theory in my mind that if I present first, then it's out the way and it's done. And I kind of live my whole life like that. So even if I'm in a situation and it's scary, I always think, let's just confront it head on. Um, and then obviously when I was performing, I got used to talking to lots of people. And I was also very lucky in school. I was head girl. I was addressing lots of people. Um, but it does not come naturally. I don't think to anyone, even if you enjoy people, you, you still get like that. Your heart rate goes up, you get nervous. Um, and I think for me, learning that having confidence, like even if you don't have confidence, just having, like telling yourself, I'm gonna have confidence can open more doors than anything else in the world. Um, I think that's something that I wish I'd known a long time ago. Yeah, but I, I think it's like what you mentioned, it's not, you, no one's really born with that type of confidence. You need to kind of build it up or else it could just fall mm -hmm. away. So if you go through that, you know, stage by stage building, you kind yes. of, it becomes stronger and it's harder to break down because that's the, the, the thing about confidence. You can gain it and lose it. It's not really, you know, there forever. Um, yeah, yeah. What you mentioned is also a, a big thing that the more that you're exposing yourself to people who you would normally have been intimidated by, the more you realize that, I mean, like, just to let the cat out of the bag. No one actually knows what they're doing. <laughs> um, everyone to some extent is um, just learning. We're all learning, we're all at some. So the more that you recognize those people who you'd always placed on a pedestal and you go, hang on, these people are human, I can speak to them. Or that person who has so many followers, you realize, hang on, they're also just a person. That really helps and um, I think that's that's also happening a lot now with my current job it's very exciting um and it just gives you that 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 boost and it makes you a little bit more confident yeah it's almost like you when you chat to these people you just humanize them because before you were thinking of them at this higher like they mm -hmm. they look down on you and then you end up speaking and conversing with them and you realize this guy or this you know woman is literally just like me they just make more money than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um and you don't realize sometimes now now it's now it's like if someone's coming over, normally I would you know, you sit there and you like type in their name and you see all the things that come up and you're like, oh goodness, I'm showing them around the hotel today. Oh. And and now it's like, oh no. They just become a name. Oh, yeah. I got this person coming today. <laughs> exactly. And I think, yeah, that's that's the main thing. I think uh, people need, and that's the, in general, I think social media does, have, you know, it kind of influences that idea of p placing people on pedestals on based on numbers and what they do. But I think uh, people are starting to move away from that whole idolizing our celebrities and, and you know, those people. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And you see it as well with um, just obviously with the field I'm in, with PR and with marketing. People are moving away from those um, those the influencers. It's moving to micro-influencers where they're relatable, where if they're going somewhere and enjoying the food, I would also enjoy the food. So I will go there. Like, I think it's really moving to that. And you can see with the engagement, that's what people are enjoying. Um, not so more this like unattainable idea. It's really more, how does it relate to me? Um, and that's very exciting for it to be moving like that. Yeah, I think that's important. And that kind of leads me into my next question is, you know, with the whole idea and the modern era of influencing and influencers, micro influencers, all these ways of advertising, basically, what are some of the challenges you've kind of faced, you know, throughout your entire career? So even, you know, your earlier jobs and also even when you were working at the radio station, um, what are some of the challenges with the whole thing, you know, like PR marketing? There's so many layers to it. Yes, my least favorite word is transactional. And I feel like a lot of marketing and PR is transactional. Mm. It's you do this, I do this. And I think we need to move away from that. It needs to be relationship orientated, not like a one for you, one for me. And I think a lot of issues come in when it's like that, when it's, I'm going to pay this influencer this amount of money, I expect this and then it's over. Um, I think I think the number one issue is that we need to just be viewing marketing and PR as relationships and not even just with influencers, also members of the public. If you're looking at your customers, not looking at them as how much money is coming from each of these people. It's like, it's a relationship. What am I bringing to their life? How can I understand them? Um, yeah, I think that's the number one issue. And then the second one is just people not understanding at all. And <laughs> because it's such a new thing, a lot of a lot of companies just don't understand that you're not giving freebies, you're not giving away, you're you're uplifting someone, you're working with the community, um, even though they might think a lot of old school traditional media they might be thinking why aren't we on a billboard why aren't we i think fighting against that stigma um that's a big that's a big thing that's standing in the way um but i mean influencer marketing is happening whether traditional markets like it or not so i'm sure they'll get on board nice and quickly yeah and it's you know that's the thing when you have people our age moving into the space i think we pushing those boundaries even more because it's not like like you mentioned it's not giving away freebies it's again coming back to the idea of relationship building um because now that you've given me this um i can then spread the word out in a more organic manner and in in the end it'll actually end up bringing you way more money than if you had to put something on a billboard and spend and they in that in that way you're spending hundreds of thousands of rands where you might get someone yeah you're building a relationship where someone will you know spread the yeah. word without even paying a cent really so and it's very strategic um like um 
I think another thing that's so important with, with the marketing that we're doing is that it has to be authentic. Like if I'm, if, if I find someone and they have a great following, their engagement's brilliant, we like their content and we can see that their audience could possibly be aligned with who we'd like our audience to be. If I bring that person in and we sit down and we chat and I can tell that they're not enjoying their experience or that this isn't the right brand for them. We don't want to work together. We'll chat and we'll explain it, but it needs to be that someone like actually believes what they're saying because customers are smart. Like, like, you know, us consumers, we've gotten smart. It used to be that you see an advert and then you're like, Oh yeah, I do feel like a Coke. And now, now we now, think twice about every single thing. We see an advert and we're like, how's this trying to manipulate us? Yeah. And we just block it out the moment it's an advert. So it, it has to be authentic. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, that's the main thing is now that obviously there's a wide access to, you know, media in general and information and seeing, for instance, how much someone gets paid, maybe it leaks or whatever, but it then changes the way you look at that advert. You're like, oh, um, so-and-so is getting paid half a million to post about a hair product. And it makes you think, do they actually use the hair product? Or, you know, what's the real story here? So I think that's that's an interesting thing that, you know, consumers, like you mentioned, especially with platforms like Twitter and Facebook, it's easy for people to connect and see like share ideas so if i feel like something isn't genuine then i can just share it on there and someone else will it will just get bigger and bigger and people are you know more likely to believe that um or or just be exposed to different opinions so um i think that's an interesting development in the space before we move further on into your current you know what you're doing now you moved to johannesburg you're coming from cape town i believe um, or Western Cape. So it's a different, you know, I've only been to that side of South Africa once, twice, twice. And it's a completely different feeling when you're there and when you're here in Joburg. So for you coming from there, how has it been adapting to the Joburg life? And what have you found to be quite different and, you know, that needed adjusting from your side? I, it was really abrupt. The move was so abrupt. It was, I told myself, oh, if I get this job, I'll move, but oh, I won't get this yeah. job. <laughs> and then I got it. And like, I think it was maybe a week and a half later that I was driving up. Um, and I, in some ways, I feel like there are elements of my personality that have always been very Johannesburg. Um, I like pull off from stop streets first. I, um, um, I don't have the road rage though, thank goodness. Yeah. I also, um, I love sending an email the moment I get one. So I liked life very, very fast. And Joburg has been perfectly suited to that. Everyone around me is going at this like crazy pace. They're getting things done. It's productive. I find it very exciting. And um, I mean, I've always lived in Cape Town. I was always in Cape Town. Um, and I thought I would miss Cape Town a little bit more. I mean, obviously, Cape Town's my hometown, but um, I'm finding Joburg beautiful. The people are really friendly. And also, 
like the weather. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. It is so beautiful. These thunderstorms. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a lie that there's no wind. I'm definitely feeling some wind. Especially where you wind. are. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Here in Kempton Park, there is wind. <laughs> Let all the Cape Tonians know that there is. It's not quite Cape Town wind, but uh, <laughs> it exists. <laughs> it's always an interesting thing, right? Especially at our at our age where we're still very young. Um, the way the work spaces, you know, transformed. Firstly, you know, to find a job that pays you enough to move out of your parents' house and to buy your own, to be very independent is tough these days, especially with, you know, the way pricing of everything is. So, and then eventually when you do get the chance like you did to move to another province, there's obviously um, ways that it just works out better because there's obviously thought from your employer. Um, So my question to you is if this a young person or old person out there who has a potential job opportunity in another province. I know you mentioned it was abrupt and it was quick, but what advice can you give to them from that perspective of, you know, how do we make this transition from one province to another as smooth as possible? And what challenges did you come, you know, in contact with? I, I have a bit of a, like a strange tip that I have for this. Um, I was actually discussing it with a friend who just moved to Glasgow in Scotland to study. And obviously her and I are going through similar situations. We're completely away. I mean, I'm in a a different province, but it feels like a different country. Yeah. Um, um, And what I recommended to her is that you really need a support system and you're not going to have it in that new place you're going to. It's not going to exist right away. And, And I mean, adjusting to a new place, a new job, a new everything is really difficult. So this might just be the marketer in me, but I actually recommend that you share your experience and your journey on social media because people love engaging with with like honest, relatable. And Mm. you'll find no matter where you are, you'll have that support. If you had a bad day, obviously don't go to town. But I would recommend like, sharing things um when you have a good day share things updates all of that um i've done that through linkedin and it's been so supportive that no matter where i am i still have that so i know that seems like a bit of a weird one and very typical marketing one but if you reach out um like your tribe will find you Mm. and there's actually yeah people people want you to succeed so it's it's it really helps and that tip really resonates, especially now during, you know, COVID, because you can't really go out and, well, people still do it, but you're not meant to necessarily go out in big groups and, you know, gather connections that way. So online has basically been our, you know, primary way of connecting these past yes, seven months. So yes. um, that makes perfect sense because now you can't really, you know, they always say, go and make, or your parents would say, go and make friends. Like, uh-huh. yeah, just go play in the street, just exactly. go, go find someone. And that's what, that was, that's what I would normally do. The moment I arrive in a new place, I'm looking for what events are on. I'm looking for what looks cool. And if you put yourself in those places, you will find the right people. Um, and that's not possible right now. So yeah. um, I, I know we met on LinkedIn, but like anyone who's listening who isn't on LinkedIn, like please go on LinkedIn, like for your, for yourself. Like LinkedIn right now 
that's where it's at. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they've recently changed. How do you feel about the story implementation? Does it feel a lot like Facebook and Instagram right now? <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like they're all slowly just becoming the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it, the most fun thing is, I mean, I didn't really have a personal feeling about it, but everyone else does. And it's really fun to see what theirs, theirs is. Yeah. And you'll, you'll find that. On, on LinkedIn. <laughs> and, you know, before we journey further into this, a big question I always ask is, you know, tertiary education is something that, you know, if you listen to a lot of entrepreneurs, they'll say, listen, school isn't that great. You know, you're paying so much for a system that's been built for um, people that, you know, people built that system 50 years ago. <laughs> Don't you know, don't do that, or it's only for certain people. And to an extent, they're both correct. Like there's two extremes to it. So with you and all the journey, you know, the various career paths you've journeyed, how has your tertiary education at AFTA, you did, you know, UNISA, you did your BCom, how has all of this, you know, contributed to where you are now? Do you feel like some things could have, you could have done without uh, or do you think everything has, you know, paid its part in, in wh- where you are right now? Very interesting question. <laughs> Very interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> I tend to sit on the side of that everyone deserves education and everyone mm. should have education, but that education should be a lot more entrepreneur savvy, um, especially in South Africa. Like yeah. everyone should, that's what it should be going towards that everyone who's leaving school can start their own business. That's what I feel like would be the best for our country and for everyone. Um, but like from my side, I remember finishing school and my whole family saying like, what do you want to do? Are you going to be a doctor? Like, the, and I, I've enjoyed studying but I've learned way more <laughs> from, um, from everything else that I, that I did. And it goes back to, I think, like confidence and experience. And I really do think that those will always get you further. Um, but the degree gets you the interview yeah. and your experience gets you the job. So I, yeah, I definitely couldn't have gotten this without both. Um, but, but but I, yeah, I wouldn't pick one or the other, but I definitely say that, that you can, you can get the job without, without the studies, mm. but you can't get the job without the, um, without the experience and the personality. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just an interesting take because everyone has their own, you know, view on it. And the, the thing is like for someone and this is something I think about often is what I'm doing right now. Um, not a lot of it was necessarily information from university, but the people I met who I've now acquired relationships with were done while pursuing that degree. So it, it's some, you know, it's not, it's not to say that I studied four years to meet <laughs> the right people, but technically that's what happened. And I just have a piece of paper, which, to some people means more than it does to some other people so i guess it's just you know you give and take sometimes you yeah. sometimes the one thing will help you more than the other it just depends on who you 
talking to in that moment, I guess. Very true. And I mean, we see people achieve amazing things with little education. Um, and then you see other people achieve great things with lots of education. Yeah. Um, but I think one thing that we can agree on is that there's just a certain level that everyone should be getting. 100%. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Radisson. So you you mentioned this whole transition has been so, you know, quick. It's been abrupt in a way, you know, it kind of just fell into your lap, if you want to put it that way. And with you coming from um, being a head of marketing and PR at an action cricket, um, how is that difference between dealing with know that that brand and then now coming to one of the most well-known hotel brands you can come across how has that transition been for you it's been crazy it's been so much learning wow school fees for days um <laughs> so the the biggest event that i did with um with montague arena um and they're really close to my heart i mean i've been there i was working there while i was still in school um <laughs> so the big event was last year, which was the Indoor Cricket World Cup. And that was incredible. Um, I really got to run with the whole event and we had people from New Zealand and England and Australia and everyone was down and and I, it was just like a giant playground for me. It was so much fun. I got to arrange espresso show and articles and yeah, it really, it really let me like flex my muscles. But it also made me aware of the fact that I wanted to do that every day. Um, I, and, and then when I saw when I saw a position that was being advertised with with Radisson, um, and it was actually a Cape Town position, <laughs> I applied for it um, because I knew that it would be all of these events and it would be it would be a lot a lot bigger um, and a lot more international and. Then I actually got this job, which was which was even bigger than I could have imagined because it's launching a whole new hotel. So the biggest change has been, I mean, I'm in a hotel now. I'd never worked at a hotel before. There's a whole lot of operations, a whole lot of acronyms, a whole lot of things that I just had never heard of before. And just adapting to that and hitting the ground running um, I arrived and three weeks later, like I was in charge of planning the event where the president unveiled the hotel. It was like, goodness. Um, so there, there's been, yeah, there's been, it's just been so much to learn. But yeah, I'm learning on the job, loving it. And you mentioned, you know, you guys have just opened, I think you guys have been open just over a week now. Yes, just a week. And what was you know being a marketing manager you basically and i think people underestimate the job title marketing manager because they think oh um he or she is probably just typing on their computer and it's oh facebook or it's oh it's this that kind of thing you know that misconception (laughs) how was it for you to manage this unveiling because it's such a massive thing to to be doing especially during this time so and then like you mentioned having the president there how did this all you know come about how did you feel during this process yes. because it's such a, a tedious thing to launch a product during this time so how was it for you it was sleepless <laughs> um 
a, a big part of it was learning the protocol. I've never done a government event before. Um, there's a huge amount of protocol and that's before we even get to the safety to do with COVID. So there was a, there was a massive amount of work that went into it. And I think the reason it went so smoothly was because we focused all of our energy on the prep work. So who are we inviting to make sure we get our strategic positioning um, and that we are welcoming the community, but we, we need to do that with like no people. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it was, it was a ton of work from the guest list to the invite to making sure that all of our protocols were on there to setting up screening stands, having all of the, having certification, everyone had to have um, bands. It was so, so, so strict. The night before I was on my hands and knees putting down like X's where everyone could stand for when they were there. So it was, it was massive. And then also of course, reaching out to, to media um, in between all of this and getting the press release ready and we, we're a very, very safe hotel. So our COVID protocols have been in from day one. Um, and we also go through audits, which, which help. But having an event, I don't think people realize the detail, like every bit of food is individually packaged, every single piece. Um, the, the amount of masks that you have on site in case people forget or they haven't bought more to change them every three hours. Um, there was there was just so much planning um and and obviously with marketing and pr the event's not done when the event's done because you now following up you're still sending out your press release you um it's it's just a never-ending um very exciting cycle and the moment that really made it all worth it was when i was showing the media around um, the president was on his tour and I was like making sure that the media were like not too many people in a lift um, and sending them around and checking, oh, is the president done? Like, can I send the media that way? And then he saw me and he was actually like, why are you hiding? Come and say hello. <laughs> and obviously that's how I got to meet the president of South Africa, which was incredible. <laughs> I think, um, and that's, it's just the way it goes. It's like things just happen so quickly. Again, like you moving from Cape Town to, to Joburg um, and meeting the president, I suppose it, it comes with the job, but it doesn't at the same time. It's like just dry timing. And obviously just as long as he's a nice person, he would do something like that. Um, <laughs> so, so that, yes, um, <laughs> how is that feeling you know i mean the, the what we mentioned earlier about talking to people from you know perceived higher um status how is it talking to the president versus talking to the musicians and and artists you chatted to previously in your in your career well i don't think anything prepared me to talk to the president honestly like no matter how many people I've like sung in front of or like given a speech to, um, I just did not expect that. Um, I got the fright of my life. Um, 
like <laughs> it was it was crazy and also so unexpected i mean we were one of the only hotels in south africa to be opened mm. by by the president so i was already on the day just like wow this isn't happening like when we got confirmation he was coming yeah because we actually that's how it works you don't get confirmation until like a day or two before um so you have all the planning ready and then for safety wise he can't confirm things before mm. um when i found out he was coming it was like oh my goodness i was in cape town like three weeks ago sitting in my apartment um like <laughs> and now you're talking um, to the president yes yes exactly it was it was such a crazy moment and i could kind of get the sense you know when you posted the images from the day on linkedin I could sense the excitement within that post. And I was like, there's a possibility she did like have a little chit chat with the president because it shows like the way you posted it and the words you used, it kind of showed that there was a lot more excitement. And I, I just had a feeling as well. Um, the photo is still coming. The photo is coming. I, I, I actually got a photo of it and you can see that I'm just completely freaking out in it. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's that's amazing. And it's also nice to see that he did kind of, you know, welcome, welcome you and, you know, chat to you, even though he's in your home, technically, like for him to still be that comforting in that situation is quite nice. So the hotel is the hotel is incredible. It's very exciting, especially opening a hotel in such times. Yeah. Um, it's inspiring for me to be part of a hotel that has provided employment for so many people during times when other people were losing their jobs. Um, so it was really special that he also wanted to honor that and be a part of that. Um, and something that just really represents hope and the future of our economy. So it was incredible having him here. And I, I've heard him speak a thousand times because like the rest of South Africa, you're turning on your radio or your TV is like, oh, what level are we going to? And, um, what actually was so crazy is that when he speaks in person, everyone just went still. And he was so funny and so charismatic and so caring that it was just such an honor to have him at our at our hotel. Yeah, I think it was it was great to see him there and kind of like you mentioned, embracing the idea of creating employment in such a troubling, you know, time and concerning time. And, you know, this is one of the questions I have for you is I mentioned the misconceptions of a marketing manager earlier, but from your personal experience, um, what are, and if you can give some context to, to people listening, what are some of your roles? You mentioned some of the stuff you had to do for this specific event, but what are some of your roles that you carry out on a day-to-day -day basis? And how is it that, you know, that is still, you know, a possibility where people can derive misconceptions of what you do as a marketing manager. Yeah. Um, so being marketing and PR, there are just so many aspects because you're monitoring um, traditional media, but you're also monitoring everything digital. So you're like the one-stop shop for the brand. Yes, you're looking at all the social medias, but you're also looking at what happens when I type in the name? What's coming up? Does the Google Maps work? Um, 
does the literally it's like tripadvisor bookings.com all, all of those sites as well um then a huge aspect would obviously be our images making sure we've got images and content and content creation itself is as you would know a huge job um i actually have sticky notes on my um on my window just like reminding me to like focus on my different areas of work so i've got my social media area um, i've also got events events is a big part of pr because if people you're creating angles for people to write about you can't just say our hotel's cool we have a spa we have a conference center you have to create these these events or these angles and invite people in so events are a big part um, and then pr you just you really it's brand management but not in the sense of what do we look like online it's what do people think of us and that's a little bit more difficult um, the best way to deal with it is to really especially with hotels be hands-on with how are the guests um, which plays into another bit of my job which is monitoring the reviews um, really looking at what people are saying how's the customer experience how can it be improved um, so that the general um, the general feeling that the public have towards us is the way that we'd like it um, and then I also have campaigns because those come around every now and then when we decide okay I'm focusing on this um, but then strangely enough another part of my job which is a bit new to me is a huge design aspect so um, yeah I'm, I'm the go-to point for things that people need designed and printed um, I'm the go-to point for what's on all of our 348 TV screens in the hotel. Um, and, and yeah, I'm really like the touch point for the image of the hotel and what it's up to. So, so many different elements, <laughs> so many things to do. And I mean, I could spend like I could spend the year just focusing on one of them. <laughs> so it's a good thing I, I like to multitask. <laughs> and just in general, um, marketing is, like I mentioned earlier, there's so many layers to it, right? How do you, as um, you know, the marketing manager, technically almost like the brand manager in a sense, because you control, like you mentioned, you're looking at what is being perceived on the outside, all those kind of things. So do you feel like marketing is way more than just marketing right now? Like there's so many other aspects that are just thrown under that umbrella and the marketing managers just, you know, we, we do that. That's just what we do kind of thing now. Yes. Yes. Very much so. I mean, when you just think of how digital marketing has evolved, like the thousands of new things that didn't exist when people hear marketing manager, they still think of, what it used to be and the thing that it's evolved to be is massive um so i always i always joke with my family i always say oh i'm the head of my department <laughs> and then they laugh at me and they're like oh so fancy and then i say yeah but i'm not the only one in my department <laughs> so and and that's how it, that's how it very often is it's it's a lot of work it really is a lot of work and i mean the Instagram, Facebook comes to your phone. You'd be sleeping at 11 o'clock, you get a notification, you're not going to ignore that, you're going to share the story. So it just, 
it's this giant thing, like you said, an umbrella, and it does not fit into the old idea of what work was. It's it's like evolved completely into a hybrid. Yeah, for me, it's it's. And you know, when you looked in, on LinkedIn, right? And you look at the job opportunities that come up. So I have like certain um, areas uh, on a notification basis. So it will alert me there's 10 jobs in Johannesburg for photography or video, whatever. But it's so strange how, you know, companies in general have started associating so many different jobs with, for instance, social media. It's like, okay, we need a social media um, specialist and then you go into the requirements and there's like, okay, but you need to be able to do graphic design. You need to be able to, and I'm thinking, what, what has this become? Have they, did they think, you know, if you are a social media specialist, you can just do all of the things that are on social media. Do you feel like yeah, that's, that's yeah. a troubling concern for the, you know, our industry is that everything is just being condensed in under one term, like social media means content. That's true. That's true. Like, oh, social media marketing means that you can do um, SEO, that you can do SEM, that you can do um, pay-per-click, that you can do it just literally right now. It's so many things. So um, just in terms of that, something I've really been thinking of already is that I want to try and find people um, just in the area, people who love to learn. I want to try and set up maybe internships um, to just be teaching all of these different aspects um, and trying to use the hotel really for that to find people who maybe haven't been given those opportunities yet um, to get all of the different skills um, and to just try and help grow them. Because if I think of myself, the amount of skills that you need, it's, I mean, I'm still learning quite a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> And, and that, that also comes down to it being, you know, we being in a field where there is no concrete requirements and skill. It's like, you know, you, you need to be able to manage your social media. But then, like I mentioned earlier, like you need to know how to edit an image. If you get an image that needs to be edited, you need to be able to do it on the fly because yeah. it needs to be done. If there's a video, you need, you to, need to put it together. Exactly. You need to find the music. You need to, it really, um, I'm so glad that I did study actually at after <laughs> because I wouldn't have been ready for the amount of just like out of the box creativity yeah. that those needed. And this leads to my, what will be kind of my final question is advice for people in this field. So marketing, PR and media, how do they, you know, you went through a, a very, um it's like unconventional yeah unconventional to where you are right now because you were in one media space of music and now you like you mentioned you had a hotel how how does one but not just any hotel you had like one of the biggest brands you know in the world if you think about radisson how does one con convince themselves that the journey is worth you know staying you know worth staying for you know and it's it's, it's over a vast amount of time but how do you, you know, tell them that it's worth all the time that you're thinking to yourself, is this worth it? Um, am I eventually going to get that breakthrough? So those kind of things. So how do you, what advice do you have for, for young people out there in the field? My advice is to use the tools that you have um, because the reason that these big companies are hiring you is because you understand social media and they don't. 
Um, like the biggest companies in the world are trying to hire young people, people who know what's going on. Um, and, and if it feels like it's taking you too long to get to where you need to be, you already have the shortcut and it is your skills. Um, if you just like start working on your own brand as well, make sure that you're not always just working for other people. Um, you really need to protect yourself and use those skills, use those social media skills. Think of what content you want to create. Um, get on LinkedIn, get on the appropriate channels, create that content, attract a market that speaks more than CVs. As you see right now with people looking at influencers, it's what's the content, what's the engagement. If you can show that, you can, you can blow experience out of the water because you get your own hands-on experience. So you really can hack the system. Yeah, I think that's great advice because, you know, it's strange how you mentioned building your own brand. Like that's probably one of the most important aspects of getting a job these days is, um, you know, because everyone is a brand in the, in on the, well, when you look at their social presence. So everyone has a social media account, you know, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Um, so when someone's hiring you, they're also hiring your brand for that period of time that you're working there. So how, you know, how you've managed to build that up is very important. And that's almost used as part of your CV, like you mentioned. Yes, yes. In my, in my interview, um, they asked me about my band. They asked me about how I marketed it. They asked me about how I booked tours, how I got articles, like the different things in your life are not separate. So what if all of the time that you invest to all of the things that you care about could all be looked at as your CV rather than just um, what was corporate? And do you have any standout inspirations in this field? Has anyone kind of motivated you to kind of pursue a career? Because it's strange to have someone to look up to in the marketing space, but is there any... You know, whether it be, like you mentioned, you like podcasts or has there been those factors that have, you know, helped you get through this, this journey? Yeah, there's, there's a company that I, um, I, that I've done some internships with that I really enjoy. Um, they're an American music tech company called Rock, Paper, Scissors. They just have a completely different view. Um, it's so disruptive and I love disruptive marketing. And then from a PR side, um, someone who I'm actually working with now, um, who was the person who interviewed me for the Radisson job, um, her name's Sadia Hendricks, and she is such a PR guru. Um, she, from a really young age, she was the head of PR for Radisson for Africa and the Middle East, like from very young, um, and sort of trailblazed the way for like women in PR. Um, it's so I'm really inspired by that. And I, I get to work with her, which is brilliant. She's my area manager. So um, I think what's important with marketing and PR is you need to have someone on your team who understands what you're doing, what you're trying for. Um, because if you just slot it in there um, and it's like operations and this, not everyone's looking at it from the same strategic level that you have to look at it. Um, for that brand management so very exciting to have like a role model working with me as well and for the people out there what 
you know what do you guys have going on in the near future you guys have any promotions coming up or anything that you know can get people to come and stay at the radisson yeah yeah so we gosh i'm so excited like you can't see it i have a giant calendar on my wall and i'm just slowly filling that thing up with exciting things um so this just this past week we had a giant influencer event um where it was like only inviting a few select people but we like pampered them for the whole day we had so much fun together um and what we have coming up in february and march is our official grand launch we did like a soft launch we did the media unveiling but what's coming up is huge we are just about to launch our convention center, which can seat um, just like 1,300 people in the one hall, still has breakaway rooms. Um, we're about to launch our massive spa, which, um, which is free, a freestanding building. Um, and I mean, once that's up and going, then there's really gonna be no stopping us. I'm gonna be putting together all those Valentine's packages with like spa and food and a stayover. Um, right now we do have a staycation special as well, but what I'd recommend is anyone who's interested, just find us on social media, um, DM us. I say us, but like, I'll probably reply <laughs> and, and just tell us you want to come and have a look around and I'll make time in my schedule and I'll do a walk around and I'll show you everything. Cause right now it's just inviting the community in and letting everyone know that this isn't just this big international hotel. This is a hotel for everyone um, and everyone's welcome. And there's something for everyone to eat, something for everyone to do. Um, yeah, that's that's really what's, what I'm excited about. And with that, thanks. I think it's always inspiring to have someone who sees, you know, the same, you know, the way th this field is being built out in the same way that you do. So thank you so much for Firstly, making the time, obviously, you guys are only, I think, a week and two days open now. So it's obviously a busy time for you. So thank you so much for making time. And we, I'll link your social media, but you can, you know, maybe just tell people where they can find you and maybe the Radisson as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, you absolutely rock for having me on here and for messaging me. Um, you can find Radisson. It's Radisson. So that's two S's. Radisson O.R. Tambo. That's our, our Instagram and our Facebook. We're having a whole lot of fun. We'll do some giveaway competitions too. And then um, me, my name is Frances Litton, but on Instagram, you can find me as Frances Claire Band. Um, that's where all my music's at too. <laughs> so, you know, when I get a moment for it, um, there'll be some more there too. <laughs> Perfect. And thank you so much for, for making time. I really appreciate it, Frances. Yeah, let's do it again sometime. We'll get from the hotel next time. <laughs>